The Lifestyle Show on RTE Radio 1 Extra. Hello and welcome to The Lifestyle Show with me, Tara Lockery-Grant on RTE Radio 1 Extra. This is the weekly show and podcast where we talk to some of the most inspiring people whose work, programmes and interviews we feature on rte.ie forward slash lifestyle and also in the lifestyle section of the RTE News Now app. The areas that we focus on, living, parenting, finance, fitness, health, food, fashion, travel, careers, motors and much more. And many of those we feature here are household names. Many others should be and will no doubt be as they go about inspiring people in their day-to-day lives. So, today we're going to be talking to a man who is helping an awful lot of people with a to Ireland maybe and to many a new form of therapy to others it's probably hundreds of years old so it is Dr. Pradeep Shada Dr. Shada you're very welcome thank you now rather than me telling everybody what it is that you do can you please explain to us what it is I do a very simple thing uh, I use my common sense and over the years uh, based on the medical knowledge I've had um I started to think differently with regard to how mental health operated and what made people mentally ill and what made people mentally well. The thing that I found out was very interesting, which was that the issues that make people unwell, stress issues basically, traumas, are the very issues that if when they are addressed, people become mentally healthy. The problem is that in modern day psychiatry, it is believed by psychiatrists that those stresses and traumas cannot be addressed other than be suppressed with medication. But in many circles, um, psychotherapies have been put in place as well along with medicine, but the emphasis still is medication. So my role is to help people address their traumas and their stresses. When I say address, it means um, it means processing the tension that, that they have been holding on to, bottled up tension, that can stay for years and may never be resolved. So when you start to process those tensions, then the need for medication becomes less and less. And it can be done with meditation and it can be done with therapy. Uh, so I I would say I, I, I do therapy with meditation. Let's put it this way, in very, very simple terms. And again, much better said than I could have said myself. So we're going to be talking over this week um, in the Lifestyle Show, we're going to be talking about what you do and how you do it and how the, the reaction, let's say, in Ireland and how this came about. So it is quite a great way of approaching mental health, which is a huge issue in, in the country. It's been it's taken up a lot of media time and, and a lot of focus this year, which is great. We need more and more of that. So over the next while, we'll find out more about this type of therapy. Um, so first of all, obviously, listening to your lovely accent, and your voice you're not from uh, around these parts as they say where are you from originally and how did you end up in Ireland well originally I'm from India and I came to Ireland in 1991 Okay. so I've been here now for literally a generation (laughs) so I'm Irish now yes (laughs) basically but having Indian roots but uh, it's very interesting that the spiritual aspect of um, Indianness I brought with me has uh, sat very well with the the western scientific approach yes you you're right there are it's a very wide subject and mental health is not only an issue in ireland it's everywhere in the world 
I was in India recently and I was uh, I presented a workshop there and the title was Common Science of Psychiatry Emotive Therapies and Meditations and its application in subjective emotive breathe therapy that what, what, what I do can, can you give me that again what was the title of that it was Common Science Common Science right Common Science yeah. of Psychiatry of Psychiatry Emotive Therapies and Meditations Very good because this was the first time I think uh, anyone has attempted to bring all these subjects together. But it was very well received, and I got very good uh, input from some of the most senior psychiatrists in India. And the, the, the basic thing was uh, that people can be empowered to look after themselves. Mental health is not the responsibility of doctors or the system alone. Uh, people, individuals like you and I, we are responsible for our own mental health. And we cannot simply look to the system to do everything for us and then expect that they have not um, been according to our standards. We need to accept that the best that the mental health system or psychiatric system can offer is curtail a person's deterioration. Uh, when a person becomes unwell, then almost all aspects of their life gets destroyed. They are affected socially, they are affected physically, they are affected uh, um, financially. Uh, and psychiatrists or mental health workers cannot improve on each and every aspect of these, as, th these aspects of life. So the responsibility of taking the, the mental health as my issue is mine. And each individual has to understand that. Psychiatrists can help as much as they can, but the rest is my responsibility. So my role is to empower people, to encourage them, to guide them, to process the stresses and strains and tensions and traumas that they have bottled up over the years that they carry, that they are totally unaware of, for which many times medication is needed and many times many, very heavy medication is needed. And as those stresses and traumas are processed, then the need for medi medication becomes less and less and the reliance on the services becomes less and less. It's really interesting. I just think the one thing in your opening there, for many taking medication, can often suppress emotions, can suppress memories, can suppress traumas, which in some cases is required, as you just described there. But for others, it's not good. How, how can you heal if everything is suppressed? So first of all, can we go back to how do you, how does, what do you call yourself? I call myself a human being. <laughs> <laughs> Good answer. <laughs> Thank you. And 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 then B, <laughs> if that's A. Uh, I, obviously, a, 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 I'm sure um, many other great uh, and very important uh, personal accolades. And professionally, how would you describe? I, I'm a multi-skilled individual. Okay. And humble. <laughs> Thank you. No, but really. I'm a multi-skilled individual. I have a lot of skills. I'm currently deal, um, learning herbal medicine. I've been a very curious child and then an adult, and even now at this age, um, I'm told I, I, I learn all the time and I love learning. So there are always new things that open the doors for me. And currently I'm learning herbal medicine and I'm also learning imagery, guided imagery, which is a very different kind of approach to mental health and even physical health. Um, I've been astounded and very impressed by what uh, guided imagery can offer. Um, so I'm a trained hypnotherapist, 
I'm, I'm a doctor and a psychiatrist, and uh, I have a very uh, voracious interest in nutritional medicine and supplements. I use them in my practice off and on. Everything combined, it becomes a very effective combination. Wow, let me get that again. Let me try uh, and hopefully not fail to summarize there. So you're a medically qualified doctor, mm-hmm. medically qualified psychiatrist. Mm-hmm. You are also a hypnotherapist. Mm-hmm. You have an interest in nutrition in terms of supplements. Mm-hmm. You are imagery. You are guided imagery. Guided imagery. And herbal medicine is your latest. Yeah. Oh, good Lord. Yes, you are a keen learner. So... How did you come across this form of therapy, meditation? It has been developed, actually. I, I didn't come across it and started learning it. I, I have developed it firsthand, again, using common sense. Um, when I was working in 1991, 92 in St. Brendan's Hospital, I worked briefly with uh, Professor Ivor Brown. And from him, I learned my first, I would say, a skill, first hypnotherapy technique. Where is that hospital? St. Brandon's Grange Gorman, okay. Dublin 7. Yeah, Grange Gorman, yeah. And I saw its effect. I also learned what is called as EMDR. And EMDR is a very, it is now a recognized technique to, to, to treat post-traumatic stress disorder. Which, what that stands for? Uh, it's, I, I'm lost there. Okay, we'll come back to it. <laughs> It'll jump back into your head. Between all those learnings and studies, it is bound to be something that needs to be t- touched up on. Desensitization yeah. and reprocessing. Okay. Um, emotional desensitization and and processing. What I learned out of that was that there are different ways to do things. And if there are different ways to do things, then obviously there could be different ways that are still to be found out to do things. Interesting. And that was my curiosity. So I I then learned hypnosis and um, found the basics of hypnosis and, and learned that the core of all hypnosis is access to the subconscious mind, and that can be done even when you close your eyes and you start dreaming. That's access to the subconscious. So you don't have to be put into a trance state. You don't have to go into a deep wow. hypnotic state to have clinical effect. And I started working with that then, and I realized that that was the case. It was very powerful. And then I started to look at what caused trauma, what caused traumatic stress, and what caused relaxation. And I noticed that the basis of hypnosis and meditation were same. Uh, you use visualization and hypnosis, you use visualization and meditation. Meditation relaxes you, um, hypnosis relaxes you. Now, it's a different matter that currently there are researches being done to find out the differences between the two, but then that's how I started. And I started to realize that Medication would suppress emotions, and that's exactly their purpose or why they're given in the first place. But if you were to, if you were suffering with the traumatic experience, and if you were to meditate, the meditation part will relax you initially, but then it is highly likely that the tra- trauma part will come to the surface. And how, how so? <clears throat> that is because it affects the autonomic nervous system. Hypnosis affects the autonomic nervous system and endocrine system. Psychiatry affects autonomic nervous system, all medications do, and endocrine system. And meditations do the same. Therapies, emotive therapies do the same. Whatever you do, whatever method you employ, you are affecting the same nervous system. 
and the way the nervous system works is that the two components there are two components of the nervous system fight or flight is something very commonly known and accepted in both fight or flight there are emotions involved fight would be encouraged by anger you need energy for that and anger provides that energy to run away to flee you need fear and fear provides energy to run away and both these emotions they are affected by the sympathetic nervous system which affects the noradrenaline or adrenaline cortisol system now the way the two now the other other system is the parasympathetic system which is called as the relaxation system now both the system the parasympathetic and the sympathetic system they are actually playing music with each other so that when one becomes stimulated the other relaxes and when the other becomes stimulated the first one relaxes and this is the way they operate so in an in a healthy human being they would get stimulated with sympathetic system briefly and then the parasympathetic system will take over and they'll they'll be easy after that and if they are stimulated too much then the parasympathetic system system will encourage them or pull them towards relaxing and then when they relax then the two systems start to get balanced out again what happens when trauma or repeated trauma um affects a person is that the sympathetic system gets jammed up so it fails to play the dance with the parasympathetic system it doesn't become less and or comes down and parasympathetic system doesn't become activated so when it becomes jammed then it starts to have a ripple effect and in that ripple effect it starts to affect what are called as neurotransmitters dopamine and serotonin and all that and then your sleep gets disturbed and in extreme cases people become psychotic because their dopamine system gets disturbed but if you look at the base and the core of it all it is because the autonomic nervous system got stimulated too much and got jammed and stopped playing the game so let's say somebody presents themselves to you in a state of upset of um emotional instability uh, or or how do they present rather than me putting it uh, putting words on it how do they present and how do you take it from there well people come with different kind of uh, mm-hmm. presentations there are two extremes uh, some people come with a lot of sensitivity uh, they are so highly strung that if i give them an exercise to do even for half a minute a day half a minute 30 seconds their sleep gets disturbed their sleep is actually already disturbed they won't be able to sleep and there are on the other hand people who are so fearful of ex- of of feeling feelings you'll be surprised uh, that a large number of people are actually afraid of feeling their emotions and they have verbalized that and there a large section of people would also not be able to feel feelings so they are so numbed by so called society that we have industrialized that promotes thinking and does not allow people to or encourage people to feel or to express themselves that their emotional system gets jammed now for therapy the first thing that that we need to do is to start the autonomic nervous system to to play a game with itself to start playing the jugglery to start playing the music and in order to to do that meditation becomes a necessity so as we start to do meditation then the parasympathetic and sympathetic system starts to become unjammed let's put it this way and they start to play the game 
and the game basically is to bring up emotions to bring up anger to bring up to bring up grief to bring up sadness and with therapy with imagery that i use and imagery is very simple we just simply look at those events that 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 brought that memory in the first place and we look at them repeatedly and just help the person express the emotions and the feelings with imagery alone uh, there is no talking involved the only talking that they do is when i take the histories when i make the list of the issues that we have to address and then the game starts it's a great line and the game starts especially because it's it's uh, i i imagine an understatement meditation it's still quite a new area in in Ireland people are talking about a lot of the last couple of years a lot of benefits of it and um, you have the more popular pop culture areas of it like headspace well known apps like that uh, calm those type of things but meditation a lot of people are starting to do it to have it then as a form of therapy it seems like a wonderful next step a big leap but for you this is that part of it is not new is it meditation very interestingly people need to be aware of what medica- meditation can do <clears throat> as i was explaining to you before meditation affects the parasympathetic system mainly now and, and in english what i know you with your science uh, lovely brain on what to us punters what are those the, those um what did you call it the, the parasympathetic, the parasympathetic system. system so what are those the, systems the nervous system broadly speaking not going into the deta- details is broken down into is is you respond to stress and you relax there are two opposite okay. systems okay the, the fight or flight as you fight or flight great okay so when you relax it's the parasympathetic system that becomes Brilliant. active and when you are stressed out it is the sympathetic system that becomes active got it the balance basically is when they play the game together for appropriate amount of time in appropriate situations and then they are at peace with each other brilliant the problem is when there is no peace not so brilliant and then when that happens then the traumas and the stress gets jammed in the system okay. and the system stops playing the game okay get you so when that happens the person becomes miserable of course because this jamming effect ha- affects the sleep it affects uh, the, the, their behavior with other people they become agitated they become angry so when meditation is put into place it starts to sim- stimulate the relaxing system but lo and behold as that happens the sympathetic system the stress system the danger system becomes unjammed and all the traumas the anger the agitation that was bottled up and locked up in the system becomes unbottled and that's where the problem starts so meditation is not a panacea for everything and anything and you do left right and center i have known of people who have become psychotic after doing hours of meditation for weeks altogether and then they need in medication and that's the reason why because the the autonomic nervous system becomes unjammed and it starts to bear everything that's holding on to in one go it's just like a volcano erupting okay that's a bit scary so um i presume this is where it needs to be in a controlled safe environment so you exactly. begin with the patient this happens where they start to slowly but in a controlled way with you um to uh, deal with the, these um their emotions and traumas they start to come up but it but it's organized isn't it it's not a case of it would all erupt in the one time like a volcano it it's controlled can you explain how that's right so like a volcano you need to punch holes in a volcano so that the lava can flow smoothly and without eruption 
that's the way we do it. Very good. So we do it step by step. We do it issue by issue. And as a person relaxes, the body, we need to remember that the tension in the body for, from all these traumas is locked up in the body. And it can, be, it can remain locked up for years. So just to assume that if a trauma has happened many years ago and their impact is gone, that's not true. Okay, so that's really interesting. The body holds on to these emotional memories. Yes. Interesting. Where? In the physical body? Everywhere. Wow. Muscle memory. Everywhere because, yes, because the immune system goes low as soon as the body starts to experience stress. So if you are suffering with chronic stress, your immune system is bound to go low. So when your immune system goes low, then the body loses its ability to fight infections, to fight cancers, for example. Everyone has cancer cells. But some people tend to have cancers and others don't. And the ones who uh, who have cancers, it has been one of the um, aspects that has been noticed is that they have they have recently been uh, have experienced more stress as compared to the people. But then, in my experience, I have found almost all of all the people that I've dealt with who have been having cancers, they come with chronic stress that has been there for years that they were not aware of. It's because the immune system becomes low that these things happen. And immune system becomes low when the body is chronically under stress. That's how the body operates. And what we do in our work is gradually stimulate the parasympathetic system so that the sympathetic system can start to unfold its fears, its anger, its agitation, its traumas. And as it does that, it starts to affect the memory, the, 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 the images start to come up. And those images will keep the mind busy all the time. If you were to sum up this aspect of it, I know you're, you're many hats. If you were to sum up this side of your job, what would you call this? If somebody was to say, oh, I'm, this, I'm seeing this doctor about this, what would you call it? I call my work as subjective emotive brief therapy. Subjective emotive grief, brief, th- brief, therapy. brief therapy. And then this would be under your psychiatrist hat? It can be any hat, but mainly it's a therapy. So you, you'd be a therapist? If there is a need, I do prescribe drugs as well, so... Doctor? Yeah. <laughs> okay. You know what we like just to be able to put uh, names on lids and names up on, on pots. So how many therapists then of your ilk and type are there in the country? I'm the only one till now. What? Because I've developed it myself. How are you marking your success? And then from that, uh, you know, how are you going to share this and spread the word? Are you doing workshops here? Are you training other doctors here or therapists? I have trained a few doctors very briefly in Galway in 2014. I'm training two people here at this moment in time. Uh, one of them is is uh, is being mentored. So uh, this person takes the history and does the therapy and I just guide her. Is this also a doctor? No, a psychiatric nurse. Brilliant, yeah. So it's working very well. Okay. And she is very enthusiastic about learning. And she has experienced changes in people. So this this is something that can be transmitted to others. So is this something that you recommend for places like the College of Surgeons or UCD, any medical facility that they should look into this? Or is this would be more in the psychiatry end of it? How are you going to spread the word? I don't care whether the word is spread or not. As long as I'm alive and as long as people are coming to me, I'll help them. Okay. Uh, I have no um, 
no ambition to make it worldwide or whatever. And the reason for that is very simple. I have found that, like anything else in any other field in the world, there is politics in in therapies, in psychiatry, everywhere. And the more powerful people, they make it a point that what they are selling or what they are marketing sells and no one else comes into play. Otherwise, how do you explain that almost all therapies are Western and almost all therapies are American? Because they have been marketed very well. Yes. Because under the garb of research, that's what is done. I do my own research. When the time comes, I present whatever I need to present. I've just done that in what is called, there's an organization called as World Federation of Mental Health. It was organization. It was organized in Delhi. There was an international conference. So I did that. I took this opportunity and challenged myself and presented it, and it found it found acceptance. I'll do it again if there is a need. So Royal College of Surgeons and all that. I don't mind whether they take it or whether they don't. Okay, it doesn't matter. You believe in what you're doing, um, and you're seeing the results. What are the results? What are you seeing? Well, the, I have I have seen very interesting things. Uh, I've gone in to do something to help someone with stress and we have got results in a very different area. There was a lady at one stage who was attending me who was having um, a blood disorder because of which she was not able to conceive successfully. She has had she had three, uh, three miscarriages before that. This is many years ago. And I was just working with her for stress. I was just dealing with her. Um, helping her with processing her traumas and stresses. And lo and behold, her blood count started to increase and she became pregnant and she conceived and she delivered a baby. And uh, the baby, I think, now would be seven years old. Yeah. Seven, eight years old. Great. And then I, I had asked her to take away the meditation part of the whole thing. She did it for a little while. It's this wonderful. is one of the examples. Yeah. If people wanted to get in touch with you, over what type of issues do you recommend that they do that? Well, anything that is mind-body related. Um, I've had cases of irritable bowel syndrome as well, which doesn't mean that lo- all irritable bowel syndrome cases would be sorted out, but at least they will be helped. They are helped immensely because irritable bowel syndrome, is uh, it, it gets worse with emotional stress. And I've had cases who have been cured, but... They're documented as far as I'm concerned. I've not published them. Uh, but that possibility is there. So anything to do with mind-body medicine, anything to do with mental health, anything to do with depression, anything to do with anxiety, post-traumatic stress disorder, anything. Uh, even schizophrenia, but schizophrenia is not necessary that it will be cured, but medication can be reduced if, if the emotional stress is processed. And I have a website, brcliniccstresscenter.com. And by the way, that EMDR is eye movement desensitization. There you go. I knew that was going to come back to you. And Dr. Shada, you, of course, would be willing to meet with people and to discuss through what you do and how you do it before as well. Um, Certainly. Excellent. Listen, thank you so much for coming in to talk to us. It's a really, really interesting area. That's it for this week's The Lifestyle Show with me, Tara Lockery-Grant. You can get in touch on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram and find us on rte.ie forward slash lifestyle where you'll find the full written interview with Dr. Shada and also around the lifestyle section of the RT News Now app. Thanks for listening and I'll be back with you next week. The Lifestyle Show on RTE Radio 1 Extra. 